All right, hey folks, it's Commander Mark Devine coming at you from the Unbeatable Mind podcast on the SealFit channel. Hope you're all doing really well. I'm super stoked to have Joe DeSana, founder of the Spartan Race, and, you know, essentially badass um, endurance athlete here on our call to this week. And um, we're going to have a really cool conversation. So, Joe, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. But you, de- you deflated me already when you, you said commander. Like, and I was thinking, I don't really get to call myself a commander. <laughs> you're, so you're, like, you're commander of the Spartan Empire, so you can do yeah, that, man. Take me to your leader. Just anoint yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my dog says he's got that look on his face in fact he's sitting right next to me if i could nice. show, you, show you that but i know if you're listening to this you won't be able to see danger there he is but honestly i mean the dog is nice i'm sure it's your best friend like mine is but that doesn't look like a commander's dog <laughs> it's actually my son's dog i know he's, he's a pretty funny little guy he shows up in a lot of our videos he's kind of like our mascot but hey let me pause for a second because i forgot to do an important business thing yeah my, my team will get mad at me so if you're listening to this and you're not part of our email list, then go to sealfit.com, drop your email into the email opt-in form, because that's where we keep you informed of all the latest cool stuff. So like special offers that aren't available to everyone else and our weekly Sealfit TV episode and podcast and, you know, the millions of things that we do, which sometimes I wonder how we're going to keep up with. But um, I'm sure, Joe, you're probably having the same <laughs> mental conversation with yourself, right, buddy? All, all day, every day. <laughs> so... Cool. Let's just like get right to the chase. What is your what is your purpose in life? Like, why do you exist, Joe? So funny. I, I actually at four a.m. Um, at three a.m. last night, I was I was working on uh, my legacy. Right on. And uh, and I thought that would be a really neat thing to do is is kind of figure out what my where my true north is and what my legacy has been in life. And and um, so how did you ask that question to yourself? Was it kind of like if a truck hit me tomorrow, how do I want people to remember me or writing your epitaph or how did, how do you pose that question? Yeah, I just I just started thinking about like has it been the same for like I'm a very driven person as as are you. Um and I I always wonder when you have children, I have young children now, Roger. how do I how do I get them to have the good qualities I have and not the bad ones? And and um That's what's and it just got, by the way. <laughs> That's a tall order. And, and I, um, it got me thinking about what has my legacy, has, has my true north always been the same? And I, I, think, um, I think, one, I've always been really driven. Um, two, I've always, because of my mom, I've always just wanted to help people. Right. I, I'm just instinctually, it's funny, I was with a, I told you, I just got back from China, and I saw a buddy over there who, who we know each other since college, and he reminded me of the fact that... Um, he didn't speak very good English. I went right over to him and to help him out when, when we met in school. And for as long as I could remember, that's just been my thing. Chinese I just kid? like Chinese kid. Yeah. Oh, cool. um, I've always, uh, I grew up in an Italian neighborhood, a tough neighborhood. And, and, uh, I went right to the, the, the kid who was just struggling or just came in and I somehow bridged the gap between those new guys who weren't cool yet and the cool kids. I wasn't necessarily the cool kid, but I wasn't at the bottom of the barrel either, and I could somehow bridge it all. And so I, I think that's my, my purpose. Okay, so what I heard was that you're driven, but you're driven because of your mom's influence, in, in, uh, or you balance it, I should say, with service. You really like to help other people out. So Really love to help people out, and I think I got that from my mom. And so yeah, you're also passionate about endurance training, and so this, what, I, what I'm seeing is that your, your life's purpose really has unfolded or really kind of come to the forefront through your work with the Spartan race where you're able to 
to kind of channel both energies, the energy of kind of the driven entrepreneurs and the driven endurance athlete, uh, but expressed in kind of serving this growing crowd of folks who want to experience more than just a gym, right? Who want to get out and challenge themselves, right? And grow. Yeah. But you know, what what got me thinking late last night when I was thinking it through, it it hasn't always been, yes, in the back of my mind, it was, let's, let's change some people, help some people. But I had to do, I had to clean the shed and I'll explain that um, in a second to get to where I am, as, as you probably did, right? I had to do a lot of manual labor, crappy jobs that were not necessarily um, things that I wanted to define myself as. They weren't things I said, I, wanna, I want my legacy to be, I'm going to be the best pool cleaner you were a pool in cleaner, the world. Right? Yeah. Okay. I was a pool cleaner, right? I, I was a construction guy. I worked on Wall Street. Th- those, in my opinion, were, were stepping stones on my way to being a place where I could focus on family. Like I said, we've got four kids and focus on having this platform, this massive platform, to, to change lives. So, um, and then the endurance stuff, the endurance stuff just, uh, is a way for me to meditate. It's just yeah. for myself, my own, my yeah, own. My, my experience with endurance training was it, you know, I got into my endurance or my version of endurance training, which was like competitive swimming and triathlons and long distance running, um, really to numb some pain. Right. And so was it the same with you? Was there any pain numbing going on or was it truly just a love for I just keep looking at my hair. Your hair looks beautiful. Don't worry about it. You got a little spike there, but I thought maybe it's the new Joe. You know, you kind of like your your handlers yeah. have put a little cream in your head or something like yeah, that. Yeah, a little cream. Um, I um I got I definitely got to get a makeup person now that we're getting bigger. Um, <laughs> don't I, do it, please, please don't. No. You'll start. You'll just lose it all from there, right? It's all downhill from there once you get all the downhill. Um, I was working very, very hard in the pool and construction business physically. So I was able to escape and feel really good at the end of the day, even though I had all the stresses of running a business. Mm-hmm. When I went to Wall Street and I sat at a desk and had those same stresses or more, as most people do, right? They sit in traffic, they go to their desk. I had no escape for that stress. Right. And I thankfully, thank God, I, I stumbled upon very long distance endurance stuff, the stuff that you were experiencing because you were on a swim team. Right. I didn't, I didn't have that. And, um, I felt alive, right? Yeah, it changed, absolutely. it changed my life. And, and, uh, and then I, I would wrote people in unsuspecting people that, um, had never done anything like it. And I'd tell them, Hey, we're going for a barbecue or something and rope them into two days of hell. And, um, and then it changed their life. And, and you just watch these transitions take place and it feels really good. And by the way, by the way, the great thing about it, and you probably know this from, from when you were a seal is, is, um, when you're feeling weak, but you have somebody else that you're pulling through, right. it makes you makes you stronger. That's so right. I think I, I think I love roping people in selfishly because it makes me get through it myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, doing one of those things alone sucks. It really does. Yeah. You know, well, but, it sucks even with someone, but right. <laughs> it's just, it sucks in a good way. Well, we were talking about this recently in the context of um, Go Ruck and their selection program. You yeah. know, I was thinking, you know, Kokoro Camp, our Kokoro Camp is 50 hours and it's, you know, it's hard as hell, but we try to get people through it and we do it because we, we engage everyone as a teammate. And so they, like you just mentioned, they've got this, this team around them, holding them up. They're doing their part to get people through there. You know, other people are helping them and it's a, it's a true multiplier effect on your energy and your positivity and, and you know, ability to survive. But if you cut someone else, someone off from all that, 
like in GoRuck Selection, where you literally can't talk to anyone. You know, if you do, they, they basically roll you. So you're all alone. There's like this cone of silence around you. And if you're not really comfortable in that cone of silence, your mind just goes to town and will devour you alive. Right? Yeah, so. I, I, I agree with that. I, I agree. Um, I, I've been able to put together challenges, as have you, for people that I know will break them or will save them based on my own experiences of, right, when you're, you know, from being alone, I know from being alone, I know from being with people, I know from not knowing where the end, all the things that are like, right. they're, yeah, they're, they're really tools in that. our toolbox. Right, exactly. Right? And they're effective tools, you know. They're so, effective tools. <laughs> um, so give me, um, as it pertains to like the Spartan lifestyle, what would you say would be your philosophy of life? you know, in a few sentences. Well, and uh, like I heard in a movie, um, coming back from China, uh, 20 hours ago, you get to watch a lot of movies and, and, um, I, I forget who the actor was, but he said something like, I have, I have a work ethic of an, of the Amish. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, wow, that's a great way to say it. Right. Because, um, so work ethics, a big one for me. I, I just don't feel if we're privileged enough to be on this planet and functioning, breathing, right, um, mm-hmm. we need to be productive. And, and I just don't do well with unproductive people. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to be super successful. You just got to try. You got to work hard, right? <laughs> right. So and let me, let me uh, take that you don't, you don't like the entitlement um, mentality or, or fuck, society. Fuck, fuck no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to piss off a lot of people right now. But, but uh, I was just in Singapore when I, I went over to Asia. Right. And, and I read... Um, a book by, by the gentleman, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce his name correctly, so don't, don't uh, ask me to, but he, his son is the prime minister now. He basically has run that country for 60 years. He put everything in place. S- Singapore is a tiny little island like Manhattan, right? Uh, Eight mil- million people, I believe. And definitely quasi-socialist, communist, um, nearly, it's not like us. Mm-hmm. They, got it, they got it right. Like, I... I I belong there because, <laughs> <Okay>. because, um, <laughs> how, how? I mean, what, what is, what, what is it? What do you feel like when you're there? I mean, what do he's you see? all, he's all business. Like, uh, there's no chewing gum. Makes right. perfect sense. Why would you like the people drop gum on the street in New York? It's a mess. So he's like, screw it. There's no gum. Um, there's no drugs. They test your hair. If you're, if you're messing around with drugs, you're either getting the death penalty or thrown out of the country. No I shit. love it. Well, right? don't, you, all, don't people just, lose their freedom in that environment? And freedom's, you know, one of the primary drivers of human growth. And so do you think that environment is suppressing that population from growing to their full potential if they can't chew gum and pat their belly and fart at the same time and they're you know, for fear of death? There are definitely some positives to, to freedom, right? But but uh, and again, I'm gonna piss off a lot of people when I say this, but 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 freedom allows me piss to have an opinion. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and, and so, but my opinion is, I, I like, fought for 20 years so you could have this opinion. So go for it. <laughs> my, um, my feeling is many of us can't make proper decisions. If we could, we wouldn't smoke cigarettes. We wouldn't drink 20 ounce sodas. I had a kid, I helped him lose a hundred pounds. Right. Okay. In 30 days. I, I've helped a lot, a lot of people lose a lot of weight. Kid lost a hundred pounds in, in 30 days with me, maybe 40 days. Right after he was done, he went right to Ben and Jerry's gained 25 pounds. Like, He's not capable of making his own so decisions. He, he he's, ate he, he's got 25 go, pounds of ice cream. 25 friggin' pounds of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Like, <laughs> that was a waste. That was 40 days of my wasted time. Right. So, so like, 
you know what I mean? If people, if, if people really made good decisions, even you and I have made some poor decisions well, in wait, our let's life. Let's go back there. He didn't. He yep. clearly didn't want to change. He, he was doing it probably by by virtue of your forceful personality, right? Convincing him that you could change him. But you know what? Unless you're willing to change yourself, it's not happening. I mean, it's nice to have a coach or a guide, but you know, if he didn't want to change, he wasn't going to change. Period. Yeah, so my argument is like most human beings, not the driven triple A personalities, most human beings can't make the right decisions and, and they are actually um, their own worst enemy. Uh, you and I are trying to change that sure. and, and people like us, right, and trying to help people. Um, but, but at the burden, in my opinion, at the burden of everybody else. Right. So, so, so these people overeat, they get sick, they well, and, and then healthcare is, you know, I mean, we can go on for hours about all that stuff. But right. Singapore, uh, yes, it has its downside. The, the freedom thing is a big one. Yeah, that would <laughs> but, um, bug me just a little bit. <laughs> but, but, um, but, man. I mean, what if I want to do an ayahuasca ceremony, you know? I'd probably get executed. Right? It'd, be a little, it'd be a little tough. It'd be tough over there. <laughs> it'd be tough. But, but um, the place is clean. Is it? Spot, spotless. You know, if I... I always said, I'm sorry to go rant here, but and right. you're the perfect guy to say this to. Like, I heard Obama got rid of what a couple of hundred generals, right during during his um, mm-hmm. his administration uh, period here. And what if you took those generals because they're going to get paid anyway? They get paid till death, mm-hmm. um, and put them in bad neighborhoods, mm. and right, and said, "All right, look, we're paying you anyway. Go clean up this section of Boston or New York or Chicago, and um, anything goes." And so, like, if I was one of those generals, I would, I would like lights out at eight. Everybody's up at five doing burpees. <laughs> like, I'd have a perfect structure to a neighborhood. And so that's that's kind of what I feel like yeah. uh, Singapore has a little bit of. I think that, again that I, I'm not going to argue with that, on that. Um, having said that, you know, it's like in the military, the best leaders come off, you know, really in intensely at first they impose a lot of structure like you're talking about those generals imposing structure you know the curfew the do this is and do that don't do that um and the reason it works is that they also begin a progressive program of training excellence that so that eventually through osmosis through the team holding each other accountable through the team you know lifting up the slipknots who fail giving them you know opportunities to you know fail more than once and not just you know excoriating them for their one failure with a zero tolerance so that all of a sudden you know within three months there's this intrinsic motivation now again it's an internal felt state of I got this. We're a great team. We're gonna now. We're going to take responsibility for not spitting and on the grinder and putting gum all over the place. And we're gonna pick up after ourselves. And we're gonna get to bed early because we care about ourselves. And so all of a sudden, these units that are elite performers, you know, it's coming from inside them. And then all that rigid structure is is irrelevant. And that's what you see in the SEAL teams. You know, we really brisk at that rigidity of structure. We don't want to be told to have to wear the uniform, this uniform, that way, roll up our sleeves this way, because we're already motivated toward excellence. You know what I mean? But, but, but I think you brought up a good point. I, I went from Singapore to Beijing, and Beijing was a completely different animal. The place was, for lack of a better word, disgusting. Right. Could, can't breathe, garbage everywhere. And I thought exactly what you just said. I thought, you know what? It's been so many years now in Singapore. The pe- he doesn't have to mandate these rules. People are just, they just got clean- it. 
they just got it. They're cleaning up after themselves. I found myself following the rules, and I'd, I'd only been there three, four days. Like, you throw garbage in the garbage. Did you it, find yourself pulling the gum out of your mouth when you've got off no, the plane? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no, there was no gum. There was no but, gum. But, he, but here's what's interesting is, is um, I think you're right, and I think what's going to happen to a place like Singapore is he's got this policy where if you want to be in government, you've got to go through rigorous testing just like the SEALs. If you pass that test, by the way, I think that's brilliant. I mean, I wish we could do that with our government. Well, you're going to love this. So now, if you pass the the rigorous testing, mental and physical, you then get shipped off to one of the best universities in the world, your choice, that the one you can get into. You get scholarship paid for, and then you come back and you can earn up to seven figures in in the government. It's, they they want to really? pay. They want to pay almost above market rates compared compared to industry because they said we want to get the best brightest people in government. So the government will tra- change, right? It'll, it'll morph because all these smart people are in it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I don't know. I, um, I agree with you. I think, yeah, I think it's becoming, yeah, it's becoming part of the fabric of the people right. over there to just like the SEALs or, or, or any team, as you suggested. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just a little down these days on our, on our system here, um, our yeah. government. Well, you so. know, our system was built for the industrial age, and it, and it thrived. You know, it dominated the world during the industrial age. But, you know, that's fast receding in the rearview mirror, and the yeah. institutions are so rigid, and the process has got so much momentum that it's going to be years. You know, we're going to have to have either a major shock or literally, you know, things have to just break down before we have the wisdom to choose or select from models like, you know, like we could look at Singapore without converting to socialism, or maybe we already are socialistic already, I don't know, but converting to... Vermont Vermont is socialist. Vermont is definitely socialist. Um, You know, converting to a dictatorship, I should say, you know, we can choose or select some of the wisdom of that culture. And then there's other examples, you know, where we have more of an integral model that's popping up. You know, it's inevitable. You and I know it's inevitable. It's just how much pain we're going to experience on the path to get there. You know, is it evolution or revolution, you know, like that? Sure, It's pretty sure. interesting, though. Really interesting. So. I'm going to move there, by the way. Are you kidding or joking? I mean, that, I'm, I'm, that, that no, was kind I'm, of redundant, wasn't Are you kidding or joking? I think. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. I um, convinced my wife the reason we were over there is uh, we're setting up shop for Spartan in Asia. But I convinced my wife we're, gonna, we're packing up. The whole family's going in June. So now I'm sure you're doing I'm it just spend... as an experience for your kids and your family, or are you gonna like long term gonna live over there? Well, we're gonna start with a year. Or is but, that a tax um, Is it a tax deal too, possibly? Uh, possibly some tax things, but it's it's more than that for me. It started with the kids, uh, and then it was like, well, I also need to get Spartan going in Asia. But then I met uh, like the head of Unilever was over there. We we were lucky enough to have dinner with him. He's, they've got 140,000 employees and. He said he said he came over for a year and it's been seven years. Really? Like, yeah. He said it's it's hard to leave this place. Yeah, and um, interesting. So we'll see. We'll see. Can what you happens. just pick up and move to Singapore? Or do they have like strict requirements for who they let in? Uh, they definitely shouldn't let me in. But, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, should I make a phone call? Like, <laughs> warn somebody that you're on your no, way. But, but um, no, you can you can get in. You go in as an expat, and uh, it's, pre- it's it's fairly easy. And um, and the schools are the best in the world, not, not joking about it, the best school system in the world. And it would be great for the kids because they'll learn Mandarin. Uh, Is that and then the, it's easy. That's the main language? Well, it's funny. He, he decided, um, the boss over there, we'll just call him the boss, had decided way back when to take some of the best things from around the world 
and he decided English was the was the best thing. But but it's about fifty percent English, fifty percent Mandarin. Hmm. So um, so yeah, I'm I'm super uh, super pumped. My wife's probably not as pumped as I am, but, yeah. but we're going for it. <laughs> I can't even imagine what that conversation would go like with my wife. I I think it's a cool idea though. I've wanted to to get my son kind of out of that Southern California environment. He's fifteen now, and you know, gosh. Um, but it's it's neat, you know. I can think how hard it would have been three years ago for you to make that call based upon where your business was then. And I'm kind of there, you know. It just needs me here, right? Sure. But once sure. I get to a certain scale where I could be anywhere, then then that would be kind of fun. Except I would miss yeah. my training. You know, I think you got to have. Of course, you just do burpees, so they, those go wherever you go. Bur- yeah, you can do burpees anywhere. Do I was out. On, I was on a roof deck actually out there and uh, and doing them every morning in the dark. And it's hot. It, you're either sweating or thinking about sweating in Singapore. That's some downside. Oh, that is definitely a downside. Yeah. So more on philosophy because I, I I think what I heard is work ethic, and yep. you know your your um you know your interest in how this this other culture is organized. You know, kind of says some thinking uh, some things about your philosophy of life. But what what else um, comes to mind? You know. Uh, commitment, right? Committing. Like I just had, um, I'm going to throw them under the bus, but I, to help train the kids, you know, I love trainers around my kids right. and I was lucky enough to land an Olympic wrestler and, uh, the, the coach at Cornell university, uh, brought him in and, um, sorry, my guys were making some noise here. No worries. Uh, um, drop, drop them down. They and, should be doing burpees right now for that. <laughs> Seriously. And, yeah. And, and, so the Olympic wrestler comes in and we start training the kids and he complains to me three days in that it's a little cold in Vermont and, and he needs a car. And I said, the house you're in is less than a half a mile away from our house. Right. Um, you were in the Olympics. You, you can walk a half a mile to, well, it was the summer Olympics. I wasn't in the, you know, and it's, and it's an indoor sport wrestling. And I said, dude, you, you got to have a little more grit than that. And so over the last four months of him training the kids, it's been that kind of a battle we've had every day. And, um, and he quit. He quit uh, to, to actually go out to a UFC gym in California. While I was in Asia, he texted me to let me know he was, he was not uh, coming back. Yeah, thumbs down and, on that, by the way. That's pretty Yeah. Right. And, and I, said, um, I said, look, I, you're not going to change my life. You're 20-something years old. I just want to give you some advice. Like, uh, you got when you commit to something, you should finish your commitment. You committed to June first on this thing. You're quitting early. You're not even seeing me face to face. You're texting me, mm-hmm. and um, and of course he he justified the whole thing. And and so commitment is is a big one. If you commit, right, mm-hmm. take it to the take it to the end. Absolutely. Uh, um, I love uh, this idea of being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As as a, as a flop, and and I. I love it because um, I think we're all too comfortable, mm-hmm. and the reason that's important is because if you um, if you are too comfortable and things go wrong, and we know in our lives everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Whether God forbid, knock on wood, somebody gets cancer, uh, people next to us die, uh, you get stolen from. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, how are you going to deal with it if you're used to comfort? Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, that's a major tenet of Stoicism. Have you ever thought of yourself as a Stoic? I mean, well, Spartans, Stoics, you know, it seems yeah, like they the go thing. hand in hand, right? Same thing. I think, um, yeah, I think I'm definitely um, a, a buyer of the Stoicism. Yeah, uh, a lot of it makes sense to me for sure. You know, I think the idea of kind of meditating on your death and, 
you know, embracing challenge. This is for me, you know, this is the Kokoro theme. You embrace challenge as your, as your favored method of growth, right? And because we understand yeah. that the human being really doesn't grow without that challenge. So it's almost saying the same thing that you just said, but it, from a slightly different angle. You know, we go toward the sound of gunfire in the seals because that's where the that that's where the learning is. That's where the opportunity is. You know, you sure. Running the other direction. I, I was reading. Um, I was reading an article in the paper. Um, what's his name? Bodie Miller, okay. um, the skier, right? And and um, he basically said, um, look, he's had lots of of uh, bad results in racing, mm-hmm. but um, but he he beats to his own drum. Mm-hmm. And he's out always over his skis, right? He looks like a crazy man, mm-hmm. but um, that's the way he races, right? It's either either you come out on top or you or you die trying, right? And 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 then I think of um, I think of the the trees and the plants, and the strongest trees and plants come from the ones in the most adverse, adverse environments, right? Right? And so. Yeah, I purposely like to put myself in adverse conditions. Um, not as that, not not the kind of conditions you have experienced, but um, burpees suck. <laughs> they suck. Yeah, there's cold, nothing good cold, about those. Right. Cold showers suck. <laughs> What's coming up for me, you know, because you 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 evoked um, nature and trees, which is one of my one of my principles is stay close to nature and to study nature because you know it can be an amazing you know tutor. Especially like for the ocean, you know, for us at SealFit, the ocean is one of our primary instructors. I certified the ocean a few years ago, you know, to be a SealFit instructor, and it has served us well. Um, yes. But like in the, when you think of trees, right, and people think of hardcore Spartan, you know, you would think of the oak. But in a heavy storm, the oak will often split in two, and it's, you know... It's the fern or the the um, bamboo that is f- swinging with the breeze that survives the storm. So what that tells me is that being hard doesn't mean being brittle. Doesn't mean being the toughest guy with the biggest deadlift in the room. It also means to be utterly balanced with, you know, that 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 softer inner um, sense of calmness and you know the zen you know the zen approach to life where you you know kind of balance it both right you can be the samurai right but you got to be able to also do the calligraphy i think um does that think ring true with you or do you have any of that softness in your life and the time alone and meditation and um well I'll, I'll, I'll let me hit that from a number of ways one one is um if i have had any success in business in life it has been because i've been flexible right um and and flexibility and not having an ego is key it is key I agree and and anybody I've had trouble with in business, just or, or I see that they have trouble, is is ego driven. Right. They're they're right. Um, and, and they're stuck in their ways. So and, that's a great example. If I could pause just to illuminate that. So ego yeah. ego is hard, and humility is soft, and yeah. so humility tempers ego. Because there's no question we all have ego, especially in a big business like yours and everything. But it's the quality of the ego that's important, right? Ego can be negative or positive. It's ego yeah. is just our personality. So, you know, if we temper it with humility, then we find that balance and that softness, you know. You know, I do, I do a lot of business, as you know, with, Re- with uh, Reebok lately. And um, the, big, the big boss over there I, I talk to uh, every week. And every time lately over the last few years where I've been a little firmer in my stance, ego-driven, I have to stop for a second and I think of him at Reebok and I think um, – and this is not a plug for Reebok. I'm specifically talking about him. Right. Um, 
here's a guy who can, you know, get rid of us. He's a very powerful guy, but yet he approaches almost everything we go into when we have a negotiation or we're discussing something with humility. Right. And, and, and it's powerful. That's cool. And, and, right? And he gets, that's cool. I see somebody's walking in. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're good. One of the, guy, one of the guys about to throw me in the ocean. <laughs> Sorry. So my guy will do burpees if your guy does burpees. And so I keep using him in my mind as a reference on yeah. how he handles um, himself. Very, very flexible. You know, can uh, we talk about the Reebok thing for a second? Because that, that actually interests me. So if it interests me, then, then it's got to interest everyone <laughs> listening, right? All uh, right? How did that come about? That's a sponsorship. And, and what does that look like for you? Like, what, what did it do for your business? Well, so, so when we first, they approached us, the gentleman in question actually approached us, drove to our location, didn't ask me to come to his location, right? So uh, dropped the ego, came and made it really convenient for us and, and basically laid out, wanted to hear our vision. Mm-hmm. Um, we laid out our vision, he laid out his vision, and then we went and did a workout together. He crushed me in really? a workout. Yeah, crushed me. Um, my hands were actually bleeding because uh, he had me, I think we were doing... Um, five or six rounds of uh, three rope climbs, 50 burpees, and like a couple of hundred yard run. Cool. And, and the rope climbs, um, I didn't have the foot technique at the time. Right. I was, I was just using all hands and, and to try to keep up with him, I would slide down the rope oh, and geez. it ripped all the skin off my hands. Yeah. But um, my ego kept me going. The, the, my rope actually was completely red when I was done from blood. Good God. <laughs> but uh, but he he crushed me and um and I had this vision in my head that Reebok was this soft aerobics nineteen eighties brand and and after him crushing me in the workout and after um after seeing the cool new products which a lot of the public hasn't seen yet and the new branding their new logo mm-hmm. I um I got excited plus plus again it was him right it was in business and you were in a, a lot of times right? yeah we just, we built a relationship we built the bond um, I'll do anything for the guy. So, um, super exciting partnership. That's cool. So they're, yeah. a, they're a sponsor of the whole company or of just the uh, world championship or how does it work? No, no, the whole, the whole company, they help us. Um, they're going to help us in Asia, anywhere we go, they help. So are they primarily like the CrossFit games providing, um, marketing push, you know, through their channels or do they actually invest in your company or how did that work? Uh, bigger platform. So, so bigger voice, right? They, they can get us into a, a Dick sporting goods as an example with some gear. They make a they make a Spartan shoe, a, a shoe specific for really? the sport. Right on. Massively sell, uh, uh, um, very well sold through shoe. Um, they uh, help us with um, t-shirts and things that we give away after races, and then marketing. Yeah, and a big they just they just committed to a hundred million dollar campaign. Good we were actually we were on the Super Bowl. We we they had a Super Bowl commercial. Really? In my my entire life, I would never expect that I would be affiliated with a Super Bowl commercial, but we got in. We got in one, and um, yeah, they've been awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, that's kind of a turning point for you guys. I mean, I imagine that's that's a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, what what's here's a, you know, a couple more questions. I know we probably don't want to go for too much longer. Um, yeah, I was thinking three four hours. Yeah, <laughs> let's turn this into an endurance event for the listeners. <laughs> Shit, Why don't would, we just keep going? That would be first awesome. Guy that, first guy that I have out. no doubt that we could fill up the time, but I think we'd lose a few people <laughs> maybe after an hour and a half or so. What's the most challenging thing that you've done in your life? And it doesn't uh, have it, to be like an endurance event. It could be in business or in your family. What's the most challenging thing you've had to do? Um, 
I would say, generally speaking, and I think you'll agree with this, is building a business. Um, Definitely. I mean, listen, uh, um, marriage and having kids and, and you know having a house and a family, all that stuff is obviously challenging. Um, building, there's nothing like building a business, I and mean, everything that can go wrong does go wrong. Yeah. Um, partnerships it, issues. Being partnerships fall apart. People steal from you. Um, and it's the ones closest to you that you never expect. Right. Um, customers leave when you need them most. Um, you, you don't have money when you need it. I mean, everything that can go wrong does go wrong. Right. So, um, but yet you wake up every day and, and you and you go you you go to the gunfight, right? You you march right towards the gunfight, and 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 you've got to be you get to eat last. You never get you don't get paid. I haven't been paid since we started this thing, <laughs> and and. Um, yeah, it's a t- it's a tough gig, but it's extremely rewarding. It's like it's like I don't know what a C- Navy SEAL gets when the, when they get through the buds can't right when the thing's finally over. Do you get a, a uniform, a medal? What do you get? You get the trident, and that's it, Tri- just a little tiny piece of metal that weighs a few ounces. That's all you get. You don't get any accolades. You don't get any reward. You don't get any money. But that that wouldn't you get mean a little anything. piece of metal. But it means something, right? Because you means made it a shit ton because you spent. Some people four or five years preparing and, and under you know enduring the trials and tribulations to get there. So you're right. I mean, building a business has similar rewards. It's not not the money. I mean, we, entrepreneurs don't do it for the money. No. If the money comes. That's just gravy. That's kind of cool. But you get to pat yourself on the back when you find. By the way, you never really get there, right? But that's when right. you there's no there when you get to a breathing point where you yeah you get to pat yourself on the back a little bit and say hey we I did this. Yeah, absolutely. That's very cool. Now, um, you started a podcast recently, and um, you, you, you told me not to. I told you I, not I, to. I, you're <laughs> I'm going down right. the same path. That's why I choose. I told my team. I said, "Listen, don't do what Joe did. That's right. Otherwise, it, it'll kill me. Right? I'm not flying That's around right. the world with a camera crew, but I will sit in my office and do Skype. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but you've met some interesting people doing that. So, I mean, tell me about Richard Branson. Tell me about some of the interesting people you've met, besides me, of course, because we did one as well. You were awesome, except for what you did to me. Yes, um, right. sorry. We'll let, we're not going um, to tell the audience. Let them, let them tune in and, and learn. But, um, and it was, that was actually fun what you did. But, but, so we've interviewed, I don't know, 150 people now. And um, I'm trying to get to the core at what made those people successful, but it's not just uh, business success. It could be, it could be a mom who 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 raised a bunch of children and the kids are excellent at, right, at whatever right. they do. That's cool. And so, what what are those things? And you, and you hear the same thing over and over, whether it's from Richard Branson, or um, or Navy Seal, or you know other business owners, um, endurance athletes. It's this. It's this drive, this motivation, this work ethic, this commitment, um, this humility that, um, you know, I like to say, after doing all these interviews, I like to say what I've learned in the forest, going back to the tree example, it doesn't take much for the one tree to get a little more sun, right? He's only got to go up a few inches and he gets all the sun, right? Right. <laughs> and, and I feel like in life, after interviewing all these people, it takes like one extra step, like wake up a few minutes earlier. Go to bed a few minutes earlier. Skip, skip the extra glass of wine. It's not, like, it's not like you need eight years of schooling. You don't. You just take one extra step right. and, uh, you know, back into your parking space instead of pulling in so you can pull out more. It's these little things, and, and people can't do it. Right. 
And that's what, I, that's, that's what I've learned from, from almost all of them. But what was, you know, if you could pinpoint one or two of the most interesting interviews. All right, the most interesting interview we haven't launched yet. It's, uh, I'm not going to give his name um, because I won't be able to pronounce it. So I interviewed this billionaire, and I thought, his, he's not Richard Branson. He's not known. He's going to be boring. Right. It was, it, was, it was a filler. I had an hour to kill. Somebody recommended him. And he had an accent. He was 74 years old. Hands down, best interview I've ever done. You're not even going to believe the story. And he says, uh, I said, where are you from? you got the accident. You're from Israel? He said, no, actually, I'm from Lebanon. I said, oh, Lebanon used to be uh, like the Paris in the Middle East, I heard. He said, yeah, it used to be beautiful. He said, my, my dad had a construction company in the 60s, 50s and 60s, and um, I was nine years old and he died. And when he died, uh, my uncle took over, and I liked to read. I used to carry around Brooke books uh, to all the um, construction sites and my uncle would scream stop carrying books you got to carry bricks bricks will make you tougher books will make you weak but he but he loved carrying around books he said by the time he was 19 so now it's late 60s he's actually running the construction company he's got 1700 people working for him wow in Lebanon in Lebanon late 60s think about that right right 1700 people 19 20 years old he um he obviously now is a big wig he's famous he's wealthy um the Syrians came over. They kidnapped him because he was famous and wealthy. They hung him upside down and they beat him for 96 hours. Good Lord. Nearly killed him. One of the guys in the room, he heard the voice. They had a bag over his head or whatever as they, was, they, were, they were torturing him. Um, was one of the people close to work for him. He convinced to go get a few guys and negotiate his release. Right. They, they negotiated the release and they um, took everything from him. It took his construction company, all his buildings, everything. They said, you have to leave the country. We never want to see you again. They put him on a plane that landed in Geneva. He collapsed in, in Geneva, went into the hospital. In the hospital in Geneva, he becomes friendly with the Shah of Iran's wife or family member because he's <laughs> laying in a bed next to them. They, she hears the story. She invites him to Iran. She said, this is ridiculous. We've heard of you. We, we'd love somebody like you in Iran. He goes to Iran in over seven or eight years. Now it's mid-70s. He builds this 800-person organization. He's, he's building hotels in, in Iran. He gets a call from his uh, housekeeper. He says, right. don't come home. Don't come home. They, uh, they've kidnapped all your friends, and they're in the house. And she hangs up the phone. They took all his friends outside. They shot him Good one Lord. by one in, in the, in the uh, street. He, he purchased a, a burqa. puts on the burqa, spends 14 days riding a horse to get out of Iran, has like an American Express card in his pocket. Now it's like late 7, 77, uh, 78. You know history better than me. Um, um, you look back and see what was going yeah, on. I ran yeah. at the time. Lands in L.A. with $18 in his pocket. Hmm. Never went back to Lebanon. Never went back to Iran. Is a multi-billionaire now. Married, wow. kids. I mean, talk about picking yourself up. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Twice? Twice. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. So, oh, you cool. know, that's talk, inspiring. To, incredible. That is incredible. Cool. All right. So, if um, folks want to have obviously spartanrace.com, right? Is that your website, the main one? Spartan.com. Spartan, Spartan.com is your website. Um, and they can find the podcast uh, at Spartan, that. They can find Spartan, the uh, yeah, they find that there are Spartan Up Podcast.com. Um, Spartan Up Podcast.com. And, uh, Check it out. Tell us what you think. And um, 
I think you were right. I think that it's very, it'd be worth it if people listen to it. Cause it's a lot of work to, to go through this, as yeah, you know. Definitely. <laughs> no, I think your podcast is going to be, is going to rock. Now you've already launched it, right? It's not like it's new. We, yeah, no, no. We launched it January 6th okay. and, um, and, and the Branson interview is coming soon. And, um, yeah, I'm still traveling around doing, doing interviews. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So good luck with that. Good luck with Reebok. Um, thank you. I look forward to seeing you again in person. So swing by when you're here in San Diego, and I'll do the same if I get to Singapore, which probably won't be anytime soon. <laughs> you will. You when I when I get set up in Singapore, you have to come over. I would love to. Yeah, let me know when you. I'm, I'm dying to go over there. I mean, it sounds fascinating. You know, yeah, we could. Um, we could, maybe we could, we could talk. Home. We could talk to the leader. Maybe train some of their men. That would be killer. Oh, you set that up, man. I'll give you a big hug and maybe a, a kiss on the lips or something like that, which would be kind of awkward for you. It would be a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. Thank you so much. Great, great to connect with you. Uh, go check out uh, Spartan.com. Oh, yeah, check out Spartan his podcast. podcast. Joe's hilarious, super insightful, and he's got some amazing guests, You know, like the billionaire you heard about and Richard Branson, this clown named Mark Devine out in San Diego, a bunch of others. So check it out. Hoo-ya, thank right. you. Uh, and one more thing, everyone. Um, my buddy Rich here just uh, in front of my face put a cool offer for you guys, anyone listening, for a 30-day free trial of our SealFit online training. And if you go to the URL, sealfit.com slash 30-day, uh, you can kind of tap into that. And it won't be available for more than probably a week or so. All right, so check that out, sealfit.com slash 30-day. On that note, one other thing. Why don't you give away? We're doing a Spartan cruise. Oh, cool! On March sixth weekend, and uh, they're expensive. It's like a thousand bucks or something. It leaves Miami, but why don't you give away a couple of tickets? Um, you you pick the challenge and um, just tell me who who won it, and I'll, okay. I'll give. All right. All right. So, folks, a uh, few. <laughs> that's thank you, Joe. That's pretty awesome. Yep. Here's yep. the deal. Um, a few months ago, you remember we did a thousand push-up challenge, and we videotaped it. So. Do a thousand push if you want. If you want to go on this Spartan cruise, videotape yourself doing a thousand push ups. Uh, it's got to be kind of uh, on our system, but you got to have a stopwatch near you and show us the time. Show us, you know, make sure we can see you start and stop the stopwatch after your thousand push ups. And we'll give a couple tickets to the top guys. So just email that video to us at info at seal fit, reference the Spartan challenge, um, slash, you know, just. Whatever. Reference the Spartan Challenge. How's that sound? Put put yeah, put um put engine room in there as a this way you know because we're gonna give them the engine room. Give them the engine room. Cool. <laughs> hey, can I come? Where where's this where's this uh, float going and when is it? Starting? We're going we're going to a, a you could come. We're going to a uh, private island. Um, I can't say where off of um, Miami, and we're gonna have a race on the island. It's gonna be awesome. And uh, certain people don't even get to go on the boat; they'll just swim alongside the boat. Dude, I'm in. When is this? You're that in. sounds awesome. Except Mark, for the sharks. I'm a little bit worried about the sharks, although I've never been attacked by a shark. They're, I think they're afraid of me. But anyway, March 6th. Six. I'd be afraid of you if March I were the shark. March 6th. Yeah. Killer, man. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Right. Thank you, Joe. It's good See talking you. to you. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Right. See ya. Lock it low, boys. Time to explode, boys. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back, the pride of the fleets, the bright swinging frog me.